Today's guests are Arcanum Capitals, James McDowell and Lu Changshen. And what an interesting story. This story combines Web3, right? Cryptocurrency and venture capital in a way that I know you're going to be excited to hear. And specifically, you also get an insight into the minds that make up Arcanum Capital and why it's so valuable to have that kind of team be as high touch as they are across their investment portfolio for all their companies. I think it's also going to be exciting when you get to the part where they share who they're partnering with, specifically because of what that means for the ecosystem as a whole in terms of Web3, cryptocurrency, and venture capital. It's truly never been a better time to get involved in the space. And I believe that if you've been sort of holding back prior to this conversation, I think after this conversation, you're going to see exactly how much closer we are to that original vision that so many who place the stake in this world of Ethereum and cryptocurrency originally saw. It's beginning to become clear that the time is close. I won't belabor the point anymore. Uh, without further ado, James and Lu Chang of Arcanum Capital. Okay, super stoked. I have James and Lu Chang here with me. I feel very fortunate to be here. I've heard some incredible news. And I think, you know, break the ice a little bit. I'm going to ask you one at a time. Um, I've got to kind of set up this way. So I'll start with you, James. Uh, I hear you have a really interesting background where you're not only the kind of person that originated in pro golf, but then moved over to blockchain VC, which is kind of unique. I was wondering if you could share a little bit about that before I ask some similar questions of Lu Chang. Sure, yeah. So um, thanks, first of all, Philip, for having us on. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I have a bit of a unique backstory, quite a, a big career change in there. So come from a pro sports background. Um, I guess when I was growing up, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I did okay in school, but I, my real passion, you know, when you're sort of at that age, when you're sort of leaving school, was was golf. Um, so I spent, you know, most of the evenings playing golf and honestly, all I wanted to do was just play golf and I, I wanted to make a career out of it. Um, so I did that. I, I kind of took a year out, which I was very fortunate enough to do. Um, and you know, I worked at a couple of golf courses and you know, built up experience. And then I turned pro at about, I think I was about 19 years old. So that would have been like 2009. Um, and then went to the golf club, then moved on to another golf club. And it, it was cool. You know, I was doing well. I was doing a lot of coaching. Um, and But I felt like I was in a bit of a rut, and I wanted to broaden my horizons. So I spoke to a, a golf pro that was from where I'm from, and he was over in Switzerland. Now I'm in the U.K., um, and in, in Europe, Switzerland has this kind of allure about it. You know, it's a, it's a very beautiful place, very nice place. Um, you know, very clean, very safe, and everything works. <laughs> um, and so uh, his name is Jim, and, and Jim was back in the UK. Um, and I, I spoke to him. I said, yeah, I'd be up for that, you know, coming over and, and working in Switzerland. And a few few weeks later, he... Um, he got in touch and he said, you know what, there's, you know, there's an opening. And it moved real quick from there. Um, it was kind of, I flew out, took a look and had to decide by Monday and gave him an answer and then moved out there. It all happened really quickly. 
Um, and I only really did one season in Switzerland because I found myself meeting so many interesting people. Um, you know, I, I kind of got out of that bubble I was in back home and, you know, really broadened my horizons and, you know, everything changed very quickly. Um, and some of the people I met were in finance. Um, I guess Switzerland is a hub for finance. So I started to meet, you know, really interesting people like investors and entrepreneurs and that sort of inspired me. And I remember sitting down one time with Jim um, and we, we kind of jokingly agreed that we were in the wrong industry and, you know, so many people do, do really well and golf was great, but, you know, and that, that stood, sort of set the cogs in my mind working um, towards a career change really. And so I became fascinated with investing. Um, I was, I was making decent money at the golf and I was, I was lucky that I had quite a lot of disposable income in order to, to invest that and play with it, you know? Um, and so I spent a couple of years, um, just really reading and researching. I, I got really into it. You know, I, I did a hell of a lot of reading. All my downtime was sort of reading and research. And then I spent another couple of years really traveling around the world. Um, I guess my, my introduction to investing was the time where Bitcoin and Ethereum started to do really, really well. This, this exciting new asset class, digital asset. Um, and so I went down that rabbit hole. And like I said, I spent a couple of years really traveling the world and building a, a really great network of investors and entrepreneurs, um, going to conferences, watching people speak on the topics, um, and really built up a, an investment portfolio, um, made a bit of money, lost a lot of money, learned a lot along the way. Um, and I, I, I knew by this point that I wanted, this is what I wanted to do. You know, I, I wanted to be an investor. And so, that's what I did. Um, I then did a, a period where I, I studied. Um, it's called CAIA, C-A-I-A, Chartered Alternative Investment Analysis Association, um, which is basically learning to manage portfolio and, you know, in alternative assets, which is the category that digital assets are in. Um, and I also did a, a period working with an asset manager in Zurich in Switzerland, which was amazing. It really gave me a lot of experience when it came to, you know, institutional grade asset management and portfolio management. And so after all of that, you know, that, that long journey and really getting into finance and investing at sort of a professional level, um, I decided it was time for us to launch our own fund. Um, Lu Chang and I met through... Um, two guys that are now our venture partners within our fund um, who we had been investing with and sort of really helping entrepreneurs with, you know, we, once we put money in, we, we, we sort of feel obligated to help the teams and, and help the projects grow. Um, and I guess that's what good VCs do. And once we'd been doing that for a period of time together, we, we kind of, got our heads together and thought, look, guys, we're doing this with our own money. You know, we're investing, we're helping projects, we're incubating things, and it's going well. We're, we're doing what VCs are doing. We should have our own fund. Um, and so fast forward, and, and we did that. And we, we launched our Kingdom Capital in 2020. 
uh, raised and deployed our first fund. It closed over, subscribed with some amazing investors. Uh, and we invested in 44 companies. Um, wow. And that was, you know, four years ago now. It's all gone so fast. Um, but that fund has been running successfully mm-hmm. for four years now. There's some incredible potential in that in that portfolio, in that fund. Uh, we're really excited about, about that. And we, we still, to this day, help these companies all day, every day. You know, we're making introductions and helping them grow, helping them scale. So, yeah, that's that's the that's kind of full, st- full, full story. Yeah, right on. No, and thank you for going into detail there. And then just before we get into Arcanum, I want to I wanna check in with uh, Luce Hang. And I actually want to hear a little bit about the fact that you had an early involvement with Draper University and sort of had to split your time between Asia and San Francisco. How'd you get into the space before getting into Arcanum? Right. Um, so first of all, thank you, Philip, for having us. And I like to share my story, but I want to make it short. Uh, there were majorly two pivotal moments in my career. So the first one was in 2013 uh, when I was working for L'Oreal, the largest cosmetic group in the world, which has nothing to do with crypto, with blockchain at all. Uh, back then, I was so intrigued by how digital marketing can transform a brand and how mobile internet and e-commerce can reshape our daily life. So I, I got in charge of all the e-commerce and CRM um, back then in the brand called Maybelline New York. Uh, but later on, I found out that uh, my interest was not wholly in the marketing or how to make the brand look good, but it also lies on how the digital transformation, as I mentioned. So I decided to take a huge leap and uh, drew an end to my cosmetic and FMCG career and jumped into the whole new world, which is like um, the tech world in Silicon Valley in 2014. So it was um, back in 14, I met a lot of geeky friends and super duper developers in Silicon Valley. And um, in that year, one of my friends actually urged me to buy uh, Ethereum, which was like the ICO. (laughs) And I surely ignored that because I had no idea what blockchain or Ethereum was back then. But I was lucky enough to join uh, the company, which was uh, one of the largest um, mobile internet conference organizers in the world, which drew up to more than 80,000 attendees at events around the world in Beijing, Silicon Valley, Bangalore, Tokyo, Tel Aviv, and Seoul. Um, so during that period of time, I accumulated a lot of uh, network in tech industry um, because those attendees in the conference include top executives, entrepreneurs, developers, and investors. Um, and it was in 2015 because Tim Draper was one of our speakers in GMIC, Global Mobile Internet Conference. So as the organizer and host of the conference, I got to chat with him a little bit backstage. And he asked me, what do you want to do later? I said to him, maybe I want to pursue an MBA because I haven't got any like higher education in the States. So my previous working experience were all in Asia. And then after MBA, I want to start my own thing. And Tim said to me, actually, you don't need an MBA to start your own thing. But if you want to learn more about entrepreneurship, welcome to Draper University. <laughs> so I did apply and it got in and it was such a mind-blowing experience. And I feel so inspired by the whole ecosystem. And it's not kind of a university, and though it's called Draper University, but it's truly a people accelerator. So it teaches you how to embrace yourself 
to be an entrepreneur, both uh, physically and mentally. Uh, we were actually trained by Navy SEAL and uh, West Point officers during our survival week. Yeah, in order to teach us, like, when you're encountering uh, difficulties in a new environment, how to be prepared and how to collaborate with your um, teammates to make the best results. So it was such an amazing experience. Uh, and I, I decided to return to the community after graduation from Draper University. So I got elected as uh, one of the global ambassadors among uh, 3,000 alumni. So still today, I consider Andy and team as my mentor. And also our Canem Capital got uh, one of our first check, the LP check, from Team Draper through Draper University Venture. So I was really uh, grateful for all the support from the Draper ecosystem. And to be uh, very clear that Team Draper was actually the second person who asked us um, to really get involved in crypto because um, the tuition was like $10,000 we could pay both in fiat or in Bitcoin. So I got fully exposed to the digital world, the digital currency world since 2015. Uh, but later on, I started my own um, consulting firm helping Chinese companies to expand overseas. It was until 2017 when some of the top exchanges from China tried to expand to the United States and they came to me and said, how, how could you help us? And I said, well, I knew a little about cryptocurrency, but I um, didn't know so much about the whole blockchain industry. So I need some intensive research. And I spin off another company called Blockchain Hero to dedicate my time and energy and serving those bunch of clients. That's how I really got involved in the whole like investment, incubating and expansion growth um, stage. And then threw all myself um, into this industry. And, you know, the funny part is that Rahul, one of, um, like James mentioned, our partner in Fund One, the founding partners, uh, is my classmate back in Draper University. So wow. all the dots got connected. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the more I hear, now that I've heard both sides of that, I'm beginning to see sort of this eclectic and unique mix of people that uh, co comprise our Arcanum. And I'm curious, you know, when we combine the focus and the patience that's necessary with golf and the military training and alternative business <laughs> education, and, you know, you throw in the mix of whatever Rahul brings in as well, you start to you start to see this makeup of Arcanum. And I'm just curious how you see your value prop as a, as a fund in the marketplace and, and how you view your differentiators. Yeah, I think one of our key differentiators is um, really in line with the DNA of blockchain and, and Web3 and how decentralized the industry is. Um, <clears throat> so you've got myself in, in Europe, um, you know, between sort of London and Zurich, and you've got Lu Chang um, between America and China. Uh, we've got Raul um, predominantly in India, giving us, you know, really deep access to incredible developers over there. Um, and different projects and deal flow. Um, and then we've got Karthik um, between sort of India and New York, um, and, and he, he just travels so much. And so between us, we've kind of got nearly every corner of the globe covered, and, and that just really helps. You know, we feel like we, we don't miss a lot. We, we get, you know, we get to, to see and touch most of the great deals in the industry, um, and we, we can really help bridge 
the gap between sort of east and west, um, different user bases, mm-hmm. um, different countries. You know, if we have a product that wants to scale into, you know, such and such a country, we've usually got contacts there that can help do that. Um, and so, yeah, our, our DNA is, is really similar to the blockchain industry, and, and that's why it's such a good fit. Mm-hmm. And this is wow. sort of the the magic that was able to create that fund one. Could you give me a summary about that before, uh, and either of you can take this before we dive into this exciting news about fund two? Yeah, the change you want to take that one? Go ahead, James. Okay. <laughs> you can do that, yeah. Okay, so I guess uh, a big theme of fund one was India, actually. So at the time where we launched, um, India seemed to be going through a bit of a renaissance. You know, we, we were seeing the lights of, you know, um, some of the largest companies, even Microsoft, opened big offices over in India. You know, a, a lot of development power. Um, and there were massive blockchain projects that came out of India, such as Polygon. Um, Sandy, the co-founder of Polygon, is one of our advisors who we work very closely with. Um, and we've invested a lot into the Polygon ecosystem. Um, so, yeah, India was a theme and, you know, sort of Rahul and Karthik really, really helped with that um, and as we sort of built our network together in India. Um, that was certainly one of the themes, yeah. And then, so you get that sparked, right? Uh, you start to see things take shape. You have this pedigree of success now. It's a eclectic mix of people involved in this fund. And from what I hear, is very high touch. So... I'm, like you said, you're deeply invested, right? And, and it just sounds like it's not only in just Polygon, but anything that comes under as far as your portfolio companies are concerned. Then you yeah. go for Fund mm-hmm. 2. What's the story here? Okay, so yeah, Fund 1 naturally leads on to Fund 2. Um, you know, Fund 1 is maturing. We don't feel like we're rushing to raise a second fund straight away. You know, we've, we've really been hands-on and, and helped all the way through the the down market, um, helped all of our portfolio companies. Um, but really, we, we think it's a great time to raise the second fund. Um, the Bitcoin block reward halving, is that, that event is, is coming up soon, and that usually has a, a bull market surrounding it. Um, the market is pretty depressed right now. There's a lot of value in the liquid market, um, and we think there's going to be a lot of really good deals come up. Um, as we sort of get back into that good market. Um, so Fund 2 is also a partnership we, we'd like to talk about. So we're partnering with um, one of the largest validator node providers, um, well, well, one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing in the world, um, and that is a company called Luganodes. Um, that name comes from Lugano and Nodes, so they're a Swiss company, um, and they sort of originated from the Plan B initiative in Lugano. Uh, the Plan B initiative is sort of turning the city of Lugano into like a digital asset-friendly jurisdiction, wow. um, where you can pay you can pay for basically everything in in crypto, whether it's Bitcoin or USDT or, or Polygon, and you know you can you can go and pay for your lunch. Um, in crypto and, and pay taxes in crypto and you know there's loads and loads of sort of point of sale um, equipment been distributed so they're trying to be really innovative there and, and Luga Nodes came about as um, you know as a result of that initiative so why are we partnering with them 
Um, well, first of all, they have a fantastic network to improve our existing network. You know, we, we've always got to be growing and improving. So Luganodes um, are really plugged in with, with the, the top echelons of the space. Um, all of the best deals and, and the, with the sort of top investors, um, you know, they, they really get access to the, the deals that no one hears about until they're full, right? Like super exclusive. Um, with their networks, you know, we believe that they will help us um, get access to those for fun too. Um, and another thing, another reason we've partnered with Luganodes is because we're so passionate about adding value to our portfolio companies, we're great when it comes to things like branding, marketing, uh, token mm -hmm. economics, um, you know, helping scale in different countries, strategy. You know, this is what we do all day, every day. Something we're missing currently or with Fund One, um, although we do have all the top validator uh, providers sort of in our network, and we, we make introductions to them all the time. Um, Candola, one of our portfolio companies in Fund One, just myself recently, I've helped them on board some of the world's top validators. Um, but with Luganodes becoming one of them, um, we believe that partnering with them, we can start to really offer technical support. You know, so they have incredible technical competence. Um, they're live on over 30 networks now. Um, and that's growing very, very fast. Um, and they're even going to be running um, decentralized sequences, which takes even more responsibility and technical competence um, and they were actually talking about raising their own fund but we sort of put our heads together and they, they didn't really have the sort of fund management experience like we do um, and so it just seemed like a perfect synergy really um, after talking with them uh, we decided that we, we should go for it and raise a second fund and that together we will be a, a real powerhouse in the industry mm -hmm. yeah right I mean uh, just to chime in real quick you know, we were brainstorming internally constantly, like how to differentiate us from other crypto VC or how to distinguish ourselves among all the uh, Web3 VCs. I know, Philip, you have interviewed several VCs before. So what's our edge and what value add can we create uh, for those portfolios? And we need something that's unique, right? That's how we end up this uh, partnership because uh, we strongly believe that with the partnership with Luga Nodes, uh, we're going to create unique value add for our future portfolios. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I've done like 2,000 interviews and have been a part of mm -hmm. the, the the Ethereum magic since 2014 in terms of like hearing the story mm -hmm. and the development. Some of my friends released like the mm -hmm. first event ticketing platform on Ethereum way back then, right? And so it's really interesting to see what it is you've done. And I'm super excited because I don't know anyone that's moving this strategically with this much actual experience and success behind them, right? So this is a really exciting development and partnership. And it totally makes sense for you two to work together with this fund. And the question in anything in this space is, will this be tokenized? Is that a thing that's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, you, you leaked mm -hmm. the alpha. So yeah, we're, we're, we're always striving to, to pioneer new things. And like Wu Chang said, um, differentiate ourselves. Now, with the approval of the Bitcoin um, spot ETF products, um, you have, I mean, I've been talking about tokenizing everything since like 2017, but it's, it's been slow. 
But now the asset class has been legitimized by these ETF approvals. And you know, now on the horizon, we're looking at probably an Ethereum ETF. Even the likes of Larry Fink at BlackRock is saying, right, let's tokenize everything. Meaning alternative assets, um, such as your position in a venture fund, traditionally would be illiquid. Meaning your money is locked in there. You can't just reclaim it back because it's in these companies, right? They're not listed. They're not on a on a stock exchange. They're not on a crypto exchange yet. It's an illiquid asset class. But what if you could natively put your fund position on a blockchain, and and you could list it on a secondary market? Okay. And so tokenizing different asset classes, mainly the illiquid ones, is about offering that liquidity to investors. Okay, so it's like it's an added incentive, I guess, to investors in the fund. You know, you're coming in, the majority of the deals are going to be early stage, you're going to be locked up. But you know what? If you do want to sell your position, or you know, maybe you need to sell half of your position, um, there is going to be that option, and hopefully, liquidity will come into the market. You know, with everything being tokenized, it's a huge theme. We call it RWA, real world assets. Mm -hmm. um, um, our vision is that you're going to see a lot of things that previously have been illiquid and, and slow to sell um, even like collectibles we have a portfolio company in, in fund one uh, that's tokenizing collectibles like, like uh, collectible cars or watches um, but just to that point we are tokenizing the fund and that will enable a secondary market um, hopefully, you know, a, a liquidity element um, to your investment in the fund. This is this is a lot to take in, but really exciting stuff. <laughs> I mean, we're living in some crazy times. I, I want to ask, because I also want to be mindful of time here. I want to ask, who specifically do you want listening to this? If they're listening right now and... Uh, you had your chance to invite them to be part of this and in what capacity? Are there any particulars that come to mind, certain types of companies, certain types of people who have that income that they can turn into certain people who already have a lot of uh, crypto assets that want to consider maybe potentially moving? What's the conversation there, that, that you, the call to action before we share like where you're at, how they can connect with you? Yeah, so I, I guess for fund one, um, we did well with... Um, high net worth individuals that had done well in maybe crypto, maybe maybe on the stock market, but you know, maybe they're already familiar with crypto. And they know that the market is bubbly, right? They know that it's, it's high and they want to pull out, but they don't really wanna know where to put it. Um, and we're, we're an asset management company, right? So a, a lot of our investors knew that they could sell in the liquid stuff that was quite high and lock it up with us to basically manage for them. They knew that it was going to go into private market primary investments, um, and they were going to lock it up for you know four, maybe five, maybe six years with us, and that it was going to be put to work in in fantastic startups. So I guess to answer your question with Fund Two, it's um, I, I think I think the same really. I think it's going to be hard for us to educate guys that don't really know about crypto. You know, we're not going after pension funds yet. I think they need to dip their toe in just a Bitcoin ETF first, right? And realize that this asset class is real and that it's not going to bite them necessarily. Um, mm -hmm. 
But I do, I do think there are an increasing number of family offices that are familiar with the space, that are familiar with alternative investments and have an appetite for this stuff. You know, maybe a percentage of their portfolio, they would like exposure to crypto. And then a percentage of that, they would like exposure to the early stage stuff. You know, we, we say that we generate alpha. We, we beat the market by investing early and being hands-on. So really, any investors that like the sound of that, that like the sound of us managing a diversified portfolio of early stage investments with very high growth potential. Yeah, no, and and you need to be hands-on with something like that. So it's, it's awesome to hear you standing behind that and advertising that as part of a unique value proposition, in particular for this space that you're in. I, it's exciting stuff. Look, we're closing in on time here, so I want to roll out the red carpet and allow uh, either of you, again, to offer where you prefer for people to connect with you and learn more about what it is you're doing as these developments continue to take shape. Right, sure. Um, the first, I know there are probably a lot of entrepreneurs listening to this podcast. So if you are in Web3, we'll try to use blockchain technology to change the world. Welcome to contact us. And second, um, as I met, as James mentioned, like tokenization of fund two is actually uh, lowering the barrier of entering this industry. We're entering the mysterious uh, VC world. So any family offices or high net wealth individuals, welcome to join the game. <laughs> right on. And uh, is it like social media you prefer or just the website? What's the preferred channel? Yeah, so you can check out, we, we regularly update our portfolio on arcanum.capital. That's the website. Um, so that's arcanum.capital. Uh, you'll find news, you'll find about, uh, you know, sort of profiles on, on all of us and who's involved. Um, you can keep an eye on the portfolio or the companies we've invested in. Uh, we post news articles on there as well. So anything that hits the news, um, there's, a, there's a link on there too. And also Other our that, Twitter account. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. I can yeah, imagine Twitter, so. <laughs> well, X now, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's yeah. X.com, formerly known as yeah. Twitter. But yeah. Um, so on there, very simple, arcanum.capital. Um, sorry, no, that's the website. It's right x.com forward slash arcanum capital, all one word. Right on. Yeah, um, no, you'll I mean, find us if you just search for arcanum capital, we'll, we'll be there. And what do we do on there? I, I would like us to do more sort of research reports and things, uh, but currently we just tend to repost portfolio highlights um, and things like that. So you can, you can keep an eye on what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like you're pretty busy with the actual investments, to, you know, and, and honestly, I'd prefer that balance as opposed to some companies you find have all the time on the world for social and none of the time <laughs> for managing the portfolio. So believe me, that's actually a good indicator. Uh, with that said, I can't thank you enough for stopping by, James Luchang. It has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, short amount of time, but uh, such exciting news. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us, Philip. Thank you, Philip.